welcome to the Private Suite Podcast interview series. Today we have a very special guest, a guest of elemental wonder, one that gets meaning from within, conscious of internal and external, matter and mind, spiritual and material, sharing ebb and flow, and they trust in their premonitions as if they had an internal crystal ball. Ladies and gentlemen, the Wizard of Loneliness. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Before we started, we were talking about how your voice <laughs> is like uh, blowing smoke over glass. Now it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blowing smoke somewhere else. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mr. Wizard. That's what we'll refer to you as for this. Yeah, so and I'll do we this also... a little bit more like. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more like this, because that's how I talk. You do. When I'm doing the, the wizard character. Yes. We're joined by me as well, and Pony Danza. Yo, what's going on, guys? What is up, guys? Very special show for everybody today. So, I have a question for you, Mr. Wizard. <laughs> we'll just get, we'll just get right into it. What type of wizard are you? Archmage? <sighs> priest? Sorcerer? I got to disappoint. Low level. I'm a low level mage. I'm not ordained no. by the holy council. <laughs> nothing. Nothing like that. No accolades. No. The, the things you said about me are the nicest I've ever been bestowed. Yeah. <laughs> so an entry level wizard. Yeah, I know a couple tricks. A couple. <laughs> you need to know a few Definitely. to get your foot in the door. But you know yeah, you're still yeah. you're still working your way up. You know you're not tenured yet. You're still working. No, for that. not okay. a tenured wizard. Not a tenured academy. Okay, I'm more of a janitor, <laughs> <laughs> a custodian of the arts. I'd say. Yeah. And what do you do? You ever conjure anything? Just tricks. I'm I'm mainly a trickster. Yeah. I've been I've been. I've talked to other people, you know, it's, I have the na- the label Wizard of Loneliness, but um, I really do see myself more of a jester type archetype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see that with your different uh, roles you personify mm-hmm. within the w- realm of the wizard. Yeah. Sorry, I'm checking um, my phone. Had... <laughs> yeah. Yep. You had one recently where I... I don't, I think you were Scottish maybe. No, I, I don't know what it was, but you were talking about your ambient keys. Oh. <laughs> it was all real. Oh, yeah. Um, well, the accents are, that's probably the only thing I'm, <laughs> like, I conjure. <laughs> uh, I do. That's, that's, that's my only magic right there. I do a little bit, I, I do a little bit of a British accent from time to time. Been watching Repair Shop on Netflix. Um, nobody's You've watching that show. Accent, <laughs> no, yeah, I, 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 I sort of slip in and out. Uh, it's a show about antiques. <laughs> if you were showing the video of our chat, that would make sense right now. That, that that's the kind of show I like. <laughs> you look at me and you go, "That guy likes antiques." <laughs> that seems like his thing. Yeah, <clears throat> and you'd be right. Well, great. So do you conjure up you a different s- accent depending on, on what mood you're in or, or what kind of spells you're casting that particular day? You're really harping on this magic thing. Well, you know. <laughs> it's just a name. You said interview with the wizard, man. You're getting it. Jeez. <laughs> what is your motivation? 
my motivation i draw from the deep german impressionist influencers of uh <laughs> i try to go for an impressionist uh art nouveau style okay but as a character i just like to have fun that's it that's all i really mm-hmm. like to do um i only do music because i like to listen to my own music because <laughs> i'm a narcissist <laughs> and i like to do bits because I like to watch mm-hmm. my own bits because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> right. I do it for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Hmm. It's it's something more people in Vaporwave should do, like personify, play a character. Or, or you, maybe you are that person and you just switch. I don't actually know. I think Vaporwave is, is too ego-driven. Yeah. I think it needs to be more lighthearted. Lighthearted, exactly. Mm-hmm. See, that's um I mean, I don't think any art should take itself too seriously unless the subject matter really like demands it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, it. I that's think, all I got. Uh, Add some canned <laughs> laughter there. <laughs> oh, contextualization. Oh, ho, ho. Yeah. No, the the personifications are 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 nice to see when someone really takes it to heart to to really um, add to their their character and and the work that they do. We saw that with Porter mm. Vong and and his um, yes, you know his his character that he developed was the richest man in vaporwave. Um, yes. It really it, it was nice to to see that kind of thing, Kindred and it makes you more excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I met yeah. him at Electronicon, um, I'll slip out of character for a little bit. Um, when I met him at Electronicon, it was really easy to connect with him, having never even met him or even talked to him, mm-hmm. just because we both have this sort of uh, persona-based image. I would say Discoholic does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I don't know what their reasons are for doing it, but for me, the whole idea of having a persona in in a musical, you know, area where most people are just listening to what you do, um, it just adds that other element to it that I don't think just producing has um, and it lets me be like if I don't feel like when I'm making a mu- uh, making a music when I'm making songs um, <laughs> if I don't feel like you know I'm getting all sides of myself out there I feel like I can kind of augment that with my internet presence to kind of like mm. give I think it, it creates the context for listening to my music and like don't take my music too seriously like don't just like you wouldn't take Hopefully nobody takes my character too seriously. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll I'll go you mean back it's, in the it's, You mean your character is not like a, a deep study into like <laughs> the inequality of yeah. various classes in the U.S. and and I think it is. It's a study in white. It's studying white privilege and being <laughs> having the time to devote to something so meaningless. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the early days of vaporwave it was it was so anonymous and it was so. That's stupid. Nobody, was, everybody it, likes the mystique of <laughs> an anonymity, but then you know, how are you going to find out more about that person? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's, it's a different and way to approach Think about it this things. way: now that we are finding out more about some of these artists, like it would have been nice to have known that about them. You know, <laughs> like we're finding out so much about what people believe, and I really think that that's important to, uh, like, when you're listening to an art like everybody says oh separate the art from the artist but like i don't want to support somebody that says some messed up stuff online like that does matter to me mm-hmm. um so like i don't know like i've 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 seen that in the vaporwave cassette club recently where it's like somebody was some i don't know whether they were trolling or what like they were saying 
oh, I'm looking for a haircuts for men tape. And it's like, hmm, you, you chose an interesting time to start yeah, this search. <laughs> like, you freaking troll. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it devolved into people talking about that. And like, yep. uh, Vaporwave Cassette Club had to take a stand and say like this, okay, they're looking for music. Don't, you know, this isn't a discourse on on characters and ethics, but like, that person knew what they were doing. And mm-hmm. if they didn't, they're stupid. Like, I can't believe they were. Yeah, they chose that time to look for it. Anyone who's in, you know, a, a group like the Vaporwave Cassette Club, that is obviously for people who are You're in the are niche of the niche. In- you have yeah, to know. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're you're staying up to date. Your Twitter feed is filled with Vaporwave artists and, and you're keeping up to date on it. Like, you know what's happening. And if you're not, or maybe maybe this person just woke up from, you know, a, a three-month coma or something like yeah. that. <laughs> just decide, like, they you know should what? go I, back. I really... <laughs> I really need that cassette. Let me pop into here and see what's going on. Yeah, you can. And oh, also crap. Discogs. They could have just went there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never wanted a cassette enough <laughs> to to think mm, I might start an argument, but yeah, <laughs> really want that cassette. <laughs> never have I ever. Felt he didn't that even need. say what tape did he. Uh, I think he did. He it did? was like, okay. I mean, it was just a run of the mill haircuts for yeah, one tape. Exactly. But anyway, back to the I character. That was funny. I um, <laughs> having that extra, uh, like media sense, like transmedia almost is the Wizard of Loneliness because we have the music and we have the videos. Mm. You also have some other tricks up your, your sleeve. Your um, I hope you're not going to say video editing. <laughs> <laughs> what it is inserting yourself into virtual worlds yeah of the nintendo um, style oh yeah yeah uh that i was happy that you guys i li- listen i'm gonna be real with you you know who listens to this podcast people find out that you talk about them and then they're like oh gotta listen to it <laughs> like when last time somebody was like oh, they're talking about the tape oh all right i'll tune in yeah <laughs> like <laughs> Um, and you, hopefully you got subscribe a very vaporwave to. crowd. Yeah, I, I don't know whether I do. I don't, yeah, I just always no pressure. Check it out, but I think that the videos I, I I make are just another extension of why I make music the way I make it. Anyway, I just like to recontextualize, and most of it is like when I'm playing a game or something. It's like I wish I was in that game, <laughs> and so I'm like I look in my room and I'm like oh, I got a green screen. I guess I could be in that game. Um, so it's really just, I'm a, let me be real with you. The green screen was more expensive than I would like to admit. And I am always on a search to get my money's worth out yeah. of that waste of money. <laughs> it is a burden on my soul. My fiance walks upstairs. It's been up. It, I mean, you can see now it's down, and my fiance is happy for the first time <laughs> in, in months. Because for vapor space, that I set it up in May, early May, and uh, yeah, that was that never came down since I stopped filming for uh, Pad's block party thing, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, it's 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 it became the green screen room, and that's a burden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, for your fiance. 
You have the one that goes on the floor for too. Her. I loved it. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for her, I love that thing, but she hates it. <laughs> yeah. And having the one that goes on the floor makes it even more tricky because you know you have to walk on it, and then it folds up and wrinkles, sort of. And oh, that thing is filthy. Yeah. <laughs> now, I rolled up maybe two pounds of dirt <laughs> into that thing when I, I was like, nah, I could, it's too long. It's too long to do any like, okay, I'm going to shake it out. It's like, can't do that. So no. I just rolled it all up and put it in the closet. <laughs> Collect some more later. Yeah, You got to use one of your spells. Learn that dust off trick <laughs> that Merlin knows. Do you know any other wizards? Uh, Don't say Harry Potter. Uh, uh, <laughs> did you mention Harry Potter? Gandalf. Okay, he's good. Um, he's good. You you passed the test. Glinda, I would have settled for Radig Radigast. Glinda the Good. That's a witch. That's a that's a movie. <laughs> ah, God, the other me. ones are real. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <sighs> but yeah, the keep, keep up the character stuff. Always man. Asks, go ahead. Yeah, no, you go. You go ahead. I was just gonna say, anybody. There's a movie called Wizard of Loneliness. <laughs> And oh, yeah, I have not yeah. seen it. Yeah. I think we talked about it. We I've did. never seen it. That's I was like, I was first question I always ask, are there real wizards in it? And they were like, no. So I was like, I was like no, I'm, I'm not going to watch it then. Yeah. What's the point? False advertising. Yeah, there's no knowledge to absorb from watching that. Yeah, and I'm not going to watch it, so I'm not going to prove myself wrong there. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, the character, um, I, I don't know if you have any plans for, well, you took the green screen down for now, but mm. plans for um, different things with the character. Maybe we can talk about Pad's event. I know you have some wardrobe changes coming up, for example. <laughs> wardrobe changes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to say, lot, most of my budget goes to wardrobe changes. <laughs> Um, I purchased a pair of later hosen for this one, and uh, really? they are authentic. <laughs> if anybody's thinking they're costume shop laters, you're wrong. Laters, they're real. <laughs> they're I'm yeah. I'm I'm not strictly vegan, so I I didn't you know, I didn't uh, what's it called? Dismay at the fact that they're made of leather, but. They heat. Right. I'm gonna tell you this. It's June, <laughs> and you don't know heat <laughs> until you're dancing in later hosen in the heat of June in a green screen room with the fans off because they take up too much mic space. And the lights. Oh, the I never thought about the lights being so hot, but yeah, yeah man. Oh yeah, in a closed airspace too. That's the worst. So you yeah, have like the legit studio hot. like going on there with actual. <laughs> bright lights, green screen, everything. Yeah, just you, alone, wouldn't, you wouldn't upstairs. think that seeing the end product. <laughs> but yeah, so I got just, a legit you're just, studio. <laughs> so you're just upstairs in, in your apartment house, whatever, in front of yeah. a green screen wearing lederhosen in front of studio lights. With a playing. fake beard. I mean, I, that's a real beard. <laughs> but with a beard, yeah. Uh, it is hot. I mean, I'm not in like Texas or anything, despite what my accent might tell you. I'm not. I'm in New Jersey, but it's hot. And uh, yeah. yeah, just having that extra cloth and the lights and stuff is just sucks. It sucks <laughs> so much. Yep. I'm sweating now. You guys are grilling me. You got to do a behind the scenes <laughs> video sometime where your fiance like films you while you're performing one of your skits or something. 
get to see all your i would love to like do some kind of like compilation video of various artists filming things like this or doing these live sets at home but Mm. with no mute but with no music playing because like they're all doing it in their headphones and anything Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they're just like dancing or doing their whole thing but like nothing's happening i feel like it'd be hilarious to see this kind of stuff just from random angles that you're not supposed to actually see them (laughs) exactly i think what we're both thinking of is you've Twice now on the show, brought up skeleton yeah. lipsticks, yeah, DJ yeah. thing, and his with the lights, his and living room, yeah, open windows, but just, and just alone with nothing, and just walking. What the fuck is going on? Because yeah, it's, I think it's hilarious to see just a compilation, like a ten minute compilation of just stuff like that yeah. in front of everyone. Well, to quote Death Grips, I've got the footage, I've got it. So if anybody <laughs> wants to see it, there is chronicled the production of it i don't i never thought i'd be like let's oh, do here's it. the behind the scenes stuff but like send it uh the to, there um, send it to nobody there, here it can be like the blooper reel there's so the end of the many <laughs> it's hours of stuff like my phone the biggest issue i don't think anybody really nobody talks about this issue phones they suck yeah getting stuff from your phone to your computer is a hassle i always wonder that about that's you. not magic it sucks. I use my phone. You edit on it I'm too. I'm talking regular. I use my phone, and uh, you have to transfer it to your computer. And then there's the whole issue of if you didn't set up your phone record settings to match what you want to do for your video project, like you gotta, tr- you gotta, um, what's it called? Not transfer it. Uh, convert it. You gotta convert the video files, especially because I use an older vi- uh, version of uh, what is it? Vegas. It used to be mm-hmm. Sony Vegas. But anyway, like, so I recorded maybe 20 minutes, 20, here's what I'm going to use, 20 usable minutes, so like an hour of stuff. And, um, like, I tried dropping it into Vegas, and it didn't it didn't work, and I was, like, hmm. really upset about that. Let's take this offline. I'm, I'm, like, an expert at all that shit, so we can probably get you, get you hooked up with something a little more yeah, seamless. Sort me out with that. All right. We'll do it up. Yeah. yeah. But that was an issue. That was a huge issue. And um, just the fact that, you know, you run out of space on a phone eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, like with however, like I, I don't, I'm not in like the Judd Apatow, like ad lib sort of uh, school of thought where like everything is uh, whatever, you know, on the fly. If it's funny, it's funny. Um, I write stuff down that I'm going to say <laughs> like. So, um, if I mess up, I like, I like instantly go over and, uh, turn it off and then start over again. So, Mm. um, yeah, so there's a lot of, lot of mess ups and, and stuff that, that don't get you. So you're doing like, you're doing one take basically. It's yeah. yeah, Well, I mean, it's one take of whatever, um, yeah, whatever the scene is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that can be, again, I'm going to slip into character here. You wouldn't think that based on the end result. But I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. Give yourself some credit here, all right? (laughs) I was watching that Vapor Space set, and I didn't realize I muted the video track for part of it. (laughs) So I just disappeared for a second. That was, that was, that sucked. Oh, you know (laughs) what? I gotta be honest. That sucked. Until now, I thought you just disappeared on us, just like Merlin. Actually, no, Merlin doesn't disappear. Nobody he just turns thought into that. <laughs> Nobody thought that. Everybody <laughs> said, "What happened?" And I was like, one of those people. I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> what the? Yeah. 
<laughs> Gotta yeah. get get into the character, everybody. Come on. Maybe I'm one of the only characters or personas where I could be like, oh, it's a magic trick. I made myself disappear. <laughs> Ta-da! <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> Gotta leverage it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, really appreciate everything you're doing with that and excited for what's to come. Um, what it's big, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be so excited. You're going to, you're going to lose the rest of your hair. I'm always the most, I'm so excited every time. (laughs) So shocked your head just becomes completely bald. Yeah. We actually didn't talk about your upcoming set at pads event. Did, did we want to like too much? Did you want to dive into it a bit more or should we move on? Uh, It's, uh, I'll, I'll dip out for a second on this one. Like it's, uh, it took a lot longer than the um the vapor space one not to discredit the vapor space one but like i learned a couple techniques while i was doing that one and i kind of tried to apply them here and like so this one's a bit more uh story driven which that was a that was like the key thing i wanted to do for this set is like i wanted to tell a story not just like every i don't want to be rude but a DJ set alone, I don't think tells a narrative story. Like it tells a, an emotional story, I think. But uh, I wanted, like, you know, beyond that, I wanted an actual concrete. Here's a story being told. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I scripted it out, and um, sweet. Yeah, so it's it's its own thing. So like, I don't know what the. Again, it's it, it was more of a passion thing for me. I watch it and I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> like so I've watched it. I like it. If I were my own critic, I'd say it's a good job, you know. Um can't wait, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are going to really like it. Yes. I I really just hope that I'm not up against, you know, I'm going to I'll admittedly say I think without that persona that I have, I don't know if I'd really be in the same echelon of, you know, being able to be on a show like Pads One. Um, so I think that like, I really need to bring, you know, whatever my best effort is on things like that. Cause I, I really know that like most of the people that are going to be tuning in for that are like probably there to see somebody else. And it's like, okay, well I can definitely impress some people there. And I think that for people that like that, my sort of, you know, wacky zany sort of style, um, I think that that would it's a good representation of that. It's it's definitely like, oh, this is definitely the wizard. You know, this is his thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nobody's going to be like, oh, this isn't what I expected from the wizard. It's definitely like, it's what you, it's expect, what you expect. And and more. Nice. It's not yeah. even like it's I'm, distinguished. It's like, it's this whole other thing that's like its own world. Yes. Yeah. That's, I, I, I mean- the whole idea of having this persona is like I want to be able to be myself without sort of having to um, be super serious. Like I I don't ever – I hate promoting myself. I hate uh, yeah. acting like the music is more than it is. It's At the end of the day, I mean, everything's disposable, I think. Um, I mean, you can cherish disposable things, and I, I hope that people cherish my disposable media by uh, – you know, and that's aided by the the character that I bring to it. So, um, yeah, the persona is just, it's allow. I mean, I think I told you, it's like, it's an accentuated or exaggerated version of me. Um, I am goofy and, and sort of zany, not that much, but like, uh, it's, I don't know what other opportunity you would have to be like a different version of yourself other than like, 
you know, performing. Mm -hmm. So like it's, it's literally a performance. You, you're not being, <laughs> you don't have to be you. Um, so I, you know, that character is important to everything I do, I think. Yeah. So you won't, I don't think you'll see, I mean, I'm doing a set, um, for like a lo-fi, uh, lo-fi house and vaporwave set that's coming up a little bit later. And that one, I'm like, I'm strictly not using my, uh, like it's not a green screen me set. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, that one's more just about the, the mixing technique and everything. Mm -hmm. But, um, if there's ever going to be like me in costume, it's always going to be like, you know, that performance, uh, theater aspect to it. Yeah. I think a lot of people could probably guess this, but I was big into theater when I was in school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked that. Uh, so I, I, I'm not saying I was good at it, but it was something <laughs> I liked and I keep liking to do it. For sure. No, thank you for bringing some of that into the Vaporwave community. It's, it's I keep saying it. It's such a treat. We all just adds we don't another dimension you. to the performance. <laughs> you know, it's it's good to see it. Yeah, it's yeah. performance. Yeah. I really like. Um, this is a weird influence, but um, I don't know if you're familiar with Klaus Nomi. Do either of you know of him? No, no. It's like a New York avant-garde artist um, that wore a costume and pretended he was from outer space. Like, kind of like, you know, how sort of in the early David Bowie years, he had that character, mm -hmm. Ziggy Stardust. Like that, but more like this was this guy's life. Um, mm. And he was kind of zany and, and he sang um, almost like it was new wave opera type music. And like... Yeah, he had this like real side to him that like people super close knew of him, but like he, you know, existed musically as that character. And I, I always was really inspired by that. Um, mm. There's a really cool documentary about him. Uh, he's just a super interesting. He's a, uh, what's that, that song he has? What's his name just, again? Uh, we'll link it up. Klaus. He's a, he's a guy from Germany. Klaus Nomi. N-O-M-I. N-O-M-I, -N -O -M -I, yeah. Cool. Just a simple man. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't like his music very much. <laughs> I don't <laughs> dig it too much. Like, But that idea of having a character just was like, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I, I like artists like that. I like artists like, I mean, I don't, again, I don't like their music, but I like Guar because they have a stage persona. I yeah. like other artists yeah, that can, do that sort of thing. You respect what they do. You, yeah, you can have yeah. respect for the art of it as opposed to It's a to performance. Just like, and when mm -hmm. you bring that side of that visual side of the performance to it, I think that's super important. Um, mm -hmm. Like, to, uh, I also, I do like this kind of music, but like uh, black metal, like the whole theatrics of it is just so mm -hmm. entertaining. Um, and you have the potential to bring some visual aspect to it that really further engages. Like you were saying, I think it does add that extra dimension. Uh, the performance of it adds to it because like with all these live streams that people are watching like it's weird to just see somebody doing it as like music music like um, and like you're sitting there watching something like you don't sit and say I'm listening to a stream you like you're you're there watching the stream so visual sensory mm -hmm. is like that's mm -hmm. one of the, the first engagements that you're going to get so I don't know Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's a great opportunity that we have now that, you know, if there is a silver lining to this whole pandemic, it's that people are making a lot of money on green screens. That's, <laughs> that's probably... I've said it too, it's exploring uh, innovation in the, yeah. in the media, transmedia world. 
I, I mean, there's that. really like two two types of live streams that you're you mainly see in the Vaporwave community. You have the people who are doing like a pre-made set, and then they have a visual artist go and they do everything, and they're not in it. It's just you know cool visuals, and that's that's great sometimes. And then you have the mm-hmm. people that are doing like a DJ set, like what you know Skeleton Lipstick is doing his stuff there, and that's cool. You know, enjoying it, seeing the the person actually mix it and everything. That's that's great. It's cool to see like a combination of the two to see the artist in there acting something out or kind of reacting to the music, doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it just adds yeah. more dimension or more um, options to what we see in these live sets. So it's more variety I is always good. good that there's. Yeah, exactly. I think it's good that there's variety. Yeah. And not for the sake of like, oh, this person didn't put effort into it. Everybody's putting effort into it. I can tell you anybody that has a pre-recorded set has put in hours of effort. Um, it's not mm-hmm. just recording the set. Uh, it never mm-hmm. is. So like if you see somebody that's doing something with a green screen and then it seems like it's less effort, like it's not, it's usually, it's all about like how much time can you really dedicate to something? And like, it takes so much time to put something together. So that's like the disadvantage of this sort of live pseudo live, uh, performance thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it is. It also has its advantages for people that have the time. I think, like me, mm-hmm. I got no a lot life, of time. So. <laughs> a lot of work, so. a lot of time. But uh, yeah. the end result is incredible. And I think I gotta wouldn't say you're lucky because you put in a shit ton of work. But it is, I imagine, very nice to have this character or this world like i said to be able to do those creative things like i always talk about like the guys who made south park how lucky they are Mm -hmm. well they're not doing anything right now but to just have this existing show that people are just going to watch whatever because it's south park you know and then they can just explore whatever they want and it's sort of like your character too like i think i'll tune into whatever you do because i just love your work i love your character and then you have this extra Mm -hmm layer to work with not just the sounds that we hear it's um i think all artists sort of contemplate this from the get-go like what's your brand gonna be what's your uh image that you want to put forth gonna be and Mm. i think from the beginning of i started more not having like in for i've had a lot of albums but um for the ones before even before i started like engaging video wise on twitter uh like i had the notion that this was a character um, that was creating music and um, I think since I started posting videos it's been you know the far-reaching goal was to be consistent with that brand and not like I'm never gonna show up and, and do something off-brand I don't think mm. um, the furthest away from that I get I think is when I hop on to like 3d blast stream when we're <laughs> yeah. doing, uh, <laughs> stuff that's just me riffing um, and stuff like this, you know, obviously, but, uh, when it comes to videos, like even like I posted a video of, um, me, uh, you know, dancing in, a in, uh, who was it in Carta? He posted a picture and he was like, oh, I can imagine the whiz living here. So I was like, all right, I can, you know, put a response that that's on brand. Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, that's that's been something consistent and a lot of artists have that sort of consistency and it's always weird when an artist sort of flips the script and like changes um mm-hmm. you know like a big uh i guess a big um 
example of that would be like switching from like floral shop to the rest of the stuff vectroid does you know mm. it seems whenever there's interactions with with them on um online it's like is this the person that did that album i don't know like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't match um and i'm not saying that's a negative it's just it's um it's it's a it's a, they're totally flipping the script, you know. But yeah. at least in that case, like they're separating the personas. It's not like yeah. Vectroid is doing all these different kinds of projects under a single name. Like they're aware of it enough. Exactly. That it's that's true. They are separating it out. So it's yeah, just yeah that's way why I don't it. think of it as a negative so much. It's just yeah. uh, they're they're skillfully code switching yeah. I, I, I think it's better to stay on brand and and have more of a narrow focus of what you're doing but doing it well than trying to mm-hmm. take on too much and and broaden it too much if that makes sense if you try to ap- yeah. appeal to too many people or, or and it's you know you obviously want to appeal to as many people as possible but um mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you know I, I can tell you i did switch it, once i did an album called uh, triage as a, a under the pseudonym um, Goodbye TN. Oh yeah, I have that. Ref- yeah, so that's me, and that was my least successful <laughs> album. Mm-hmm. People didn't. I mean, there wasn't that built-up character. There wasn't. I like that album, but I'm serious. I, I think that that's the album I'm most critical of. Um, the vision was more just like I want to do something different, and that's not a fully realized sort of. It's off-brand and it's not fully uh, supported by a platform, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do but, another uh, record and build it up a little more, though. I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to that. Yeah. Um, I like doing busy. ambient music. Mm-hmm. I do I do like doing it, but I don't know if I have the time. And yes. that's kind of that's the, the biggest issue. I don't have the time to really sit and do a different mm-hmm. side project these days. For I don't sure. know. I feel like with as niche as... as like vaporwave is and and the, the mm-hmm. focus of it. it it's hard there's even so many subgenres. yeah it's like um you know content in general not even just in vaporwave but just in general like on, on youtube or podcast or, or twitter or anything like that people are you can find a a community that is so dedicated to what you want and so focused on what you want that if you try to expand it too much and you're not big enough to support that expansion or really address it the way it needs yeah. to it almost feels like you're glossing over too much stuff and you're not getting the information yeah. that you want you know i'd rather see a smaller highly focused content creator make something really really good for a small subset of people than someone just do like yeah. a, a high level just broad okay mm-hmm. this is what it is so um yeah you got to be aware of your platform Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, when I do stuff like the ambient stuff or when I do stuff where I sing, um, I, cause I do that every once in a while mm-hmm. and it's like, I, I feel like I step off that platform a little bit and it's like, okay, this is for me. You know, I, I made this because I wanted to listen to it and I still do. Like, I, I still like the stuff where I, um, you know, singing and, and whatever, but, um, I understand that that's not what like. And I have super, super cool, dedicated fans that like, uh, like, um, like some people come to mind, like uh, who's it? Alejandro uh, Ramos or something. Like every single album I've put out, he buys like right away. And it's like he, like for for that fan base, which I have like a pretty cool, uh, small, mm-hmm. consistent fan base. Um, I don't think that's what's 
what they're listening for. That's not what they want. This is more of a me thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, every, even though I'm aware of that platform every once in a while, I, I do something just for myself. Yeah. That's but that great. never gets put on an album, you know, that's not tape music. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that's just for me. It probably gets you, gets the wheels spinning for the creativity when you get back to your project, your wizard. Project. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you have to do stuff that you want to do. Otherwise you're going to feel trapped by that platform rather Mm -hmm. than seeing that platform as a way to speak out from it and like when i do stuff for myself i always sort of pick up something like oh i like this sort of melody line and if like or or i like this production technique i like the way that i did this instrumental on this um yeah it's all it's all transferable if you don't transfer those skills then it's like then it's then it truly is just a side project but i always think everything i'm doing is it's weird. I think I've gotten better as a musician, but I like my earliest stuff best. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people would agree they like my earliest stuff, the crude stuff a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh I think as a musician I've gotten more skilled over the last 5 years definitely. Um mm-hmm. I think everybody has, I don't know, like I I have you noticed that? Like every vaporwave production on the whole has it's gone. I mean, I'd say it goes in two stark directions. You've got mm-hmm. people just starting out. That's crude, and like it can sound good, but it's crude. And then you've got people that are going high end production with some of their stuff, like putting more effort into the actual manipulation of samples and the you know instrumentals that they're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just something that, like, when I got into the music, it like got into vaporwave. That wasn't there. Um, there was you know, highly stylized use of samples. And there was, um, like some attempt at, you know, building it into songs, but like, uh, it was far and few and far in between that you'd say, Oh, I like this vaporwave song because of the high level production value going into it. That wasn't yeah. really the driving force. I was right. going to um, pretty much say the exact same thing. You have, you have those two very, very, different directions that people take now and it's mm-hmm. it's gone yeah. to like I said the high level really really well produced stuff and we talked about that about the um the vapor space stream where where it seemed like the production quality of everything that was done was just so much higher than in previous times mm-hmm. um and then you said mm-hmm. you see you see the people that are pumping out an album every other week or something and it's just very mm-hmm. yeah. crude samples or, or anything like that and it has its place and sometimes you know you get a hit with it but it, it's a very different direction to take it um and i think as the genre it's so, was- it's so much more i don't want to say fodder but like it's rare when you get something that is able to capture the same you know uh, yeah. whatever ethos of of that crude style that that can sound good um mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. rare it's really rare because they're pumping out so much stuff and i feel like that's part of not, I don't want to use the word problem, but I want to say that's part of the issue with if you want people to listen to your music, like sometimes you got to give it space. Um, <laughs> otherwise, people are going to see it as more disposable than you do. Yeah. Um, well, you like see you're like... pumping out an album a month, you know? Yeah, like, you know, the, 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 the original Vaporwave stuff that had kind of like the scratchy kind of lo-fi quality to it, like the Luxury Elite or some of the St. Pepsi stuff, yeah. that was done well. That was stuff mm-hmm. that stands on its own, and they didn't just 
you know, dub it down and, and, and make it sound crappy just to sound crappy. Like it, it had, you know, it, it works for the whole album. And I feel like some people that are pumping stuff out way too much, it's, it's done just crudely because that's just what they know how to do. And they think, oh, it's a lo-fi mm-hmm. sound and it's a sample. It sounds like vaporwave. <laughs> I'll throw this in here. It's a slowed down song, yeah. you know? So, um, it, it's not as thought out and it's not as planned out. So there's, mm-hmm. there's so takes, much vaporwave now too. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, it goes. It's, it's just how dare you interrupt on your own stream? <laughs> I'm such a jerk. Yeah, it, it it's takes just, skill to really, yeah. do, really, really get that to sound right and sound. <laughs> he right. tried to wanna, interrupt and then he didn't. <laughs> again, if, if if you want to uh, stand out too, you might have to make your sound a little more complex and offer something more because so many people are making what they think is vaporwave or should be vaporwave or whatever mm. sounds like luxury elite you know yeah mm-hmm. i well, think for a lot of people starting that's an issue because they're basing what they want their sound to be off of a criticism of what vaporwave used to get which is that it's just slowed down music and that was like that was a I, that was a joke back then like yeah some music was that but the good stuff that people were promoting and that people liked wasn't that it was more complex than that and now people that are getting into it, like, I, I can't tell you how many people that start out, like, that's what they their first step of making music is. I'm going to slow down a sample. Like, that's where their mm-hmm. vision starts and stops almost because they're they're basing their vision off of a parody of what, this, what the genre originally <laughs> yeah. was. So, like, it's, it's like, what do I do now? It really is a second wave where it's a generation removed from the original sound that's basing it off of the, the memed version of, of Vaporwave. Um, so if that's your start and stop on your vision, like I really think not to be like business, you know, side of everything, but like from a business standpoint, um, not about profit, profitability, but just as having a product, every, every musician has their product that they're pushing. Like if you don't have a vision to it, uh, it really, it's really hard to sell to somebody that's looking for music because people want a, with such a internet-based visual i think there is the the vaporwave has such a strong visual connotation to it oh yeah um if you're not distinguishing yourself with that kind of vision um right out the gate uh it's you you fall into that highly disposable Mm -hmm. pile of 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 media Mm -hmm. and i think people just don't good it's yeah. just yeah tons of it is good but won't be listened to <laughs> yeah. i think a lot of people don't take the time to really understand what they're doing as well or, or, or understand the meaning behind it so like you take you don't know what you're doing <laughs> you take you know mac plus for example take floral shop and and lisa frank 420 like on the surface it's a slowed down diana ross song like you have that very clear sample in there a mm-hmm. song like that has so many more elements to it and it's chopped up so much more and there's so many other little things added to it and, and adjusted and, and changed that, yeah, you may think it just sounds like a slow down song and maybe mm-hmm. that's some, someone listens to that and think, oh, all I have to do is just slow down a sample and, and that's what it is. And there's so much more to it than that. Yeah. So Yeah. They're ignoring the substance mm-hmm. underneath the style. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Before on this show, I don't know what episode it was, I've said um, when people that don't listen to Vapor, Vaporwave hear it, like they hear mm-hmm. Mac Plus, like you said, for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, they'll hear what it sounds like and kind of be like, why do you like this? And, you know, maybe you can explain it, maybe not. But 
they're never going to have your same understanding of the meaning behind it. And they can think they understand. And that's where it starts to become a problem because if vaporwave starts to become bigger in pop culture, then these people are think might start to think they understand what vaporwave is and then write it off when we have such yeah. a deep connection to it that they mm-hmm. could just, you know. When did that album they, come they out? Get... Is it 2012 or 2012? 2000... Yeah. Okay. So like think of any other music genre. It's been almost, what, eight years since that came eight out. Years. And no other music genre has had a focal point, like a starting point as always, like as music obvious. evolves. Like yeah. there's there's certain striking points and like there should have been, and I think there are a couple, like there should be multiple striking points that people can enter into uh, the genre that's so diverse as this one is. Yet, whenever you hear people talking about Vaporwave, it's like a majority of people start with that because it's so assumed representative of the genre. Mm. Um, but like, what are some albums from like 2018 or 2017 that are like starting point albums? It's hard to think of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of There's one a lot, and but, probably oh. like I think probably stuff by George Clanton like Slide I think is another good like mm-hmm. entry point one even though it's not you know strictly Favorite the way wave, that yeah. things are yeah and I would say maybe some of the Esprit stuff too um, To You Baby like, With Love is a big one for me yeah okay that's that like the Tupperwave stuff I think is the recent stuff that people can say yeah I'm getting into it with this yeah. Um, so I really like huge shout out to Tupperwave. Also, super nice guy. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's in Australia, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's in Australia. Tried mate. to send me. Tried to send me some PlayStation games. Um, but they were all soccer games or football. So. Oh. I, I don't collect. I don't collect <laughs> football games. <laughs> Sorry. That's a thought that counts. Yeah, yeah it was uh, December ninth. Awesome wanted to send him. December ninth, twenty eleven technically the beer on the rug release of floral shop yeah Yeah. close enough (laughs) i think it's because the the community sort of deifies these albums and like is is reluctant to it you know accept other things into that upper echelon um yes it's Mm. on i mean i love that album interesting i think there are tons of albums that are worthy of being put up there but because it's an internet based genre you need to have a universal acclaim of the album for it to be accepted everybody mm-hmm. has their own like you and i agree on the you know tupperwave being an excellent you know starting point um and people do agree on that but if it was just you and me saying that um it would not have that uh accessibility yeah. to to people starting out and i think that's one of the one of the weird things about um, the, the vaporwave genre <laughs> is that for something so internet-based, you'd think the communication on good albums would be as highly internet-based, but it seems like everybody's getting it through word of mouth, and it's like, okay, well, you're only going to get a couple albums if you go by that, no. um, I mean, it's, and it's going to be the same couple albums. It's it's meme culture, because, I mean, in, in a sense, like that album has become a like an internet meme of that is vaporwave that has yeah it has the the marble sculpture it has you know, the pink coloring it's got japanese text mm-hmm. it's got old technology it's got slowed down music it, it it hits all the check marks for like quintessential vaporwave and it's it's immediately yeah. noticeable as 
something different. So yeah, immediate is the key word. Yeah. Think of how long it takes to consume a meme. You know, average of six to 10 seconds I read. And you described what makes that thing iconic, what makes Floral Shop iconic in about six seconds. And that's how long people need to make a decision on, is this something I'm interested in? And mm -hmm. for people that are doing full albums that are awesome, but don't have that icon iconography, you know, built into it, mm -hmm. that's not going to translate in the quick time that people that are, you know, I think you're all about the same age as me. Maybe uh, I'm thinking around 30-ish. You're older, I think. You're a little bit older. Yeah. I don't, Pony, you're older, right? I'm 31. Oh, we're the same age then. Okay. Yeah. So I was right. Um, but let's see. I think for the younger crowd, that's good. And that's that's stretching it. Think about who who listens to Vaporwave. <laughs> it's not a young crowd. Um, people which is, are, which is like, interesting because you would think that based on on what you see on the internet that it would be a, a younger crowd. And there certainly are younger people that listen to it. But then going to Electronicon and you realize most people there are probably in their late 20s, late early 20s, 30s. 30s. Yeah. You know, people that had older either dial-up or DSL. Um, mm-hmm. I think. Which, which, when you think about it, makes perfect sense. People who grew mm -hmm. up as technology went from something that was was not really prevalent in society to like changing your life and becomes an integral part of your daily life and routine. Yeah, it makes perfect sense why that age bracket would fit this so well. I was That's listening a great to moment a, too. Go ahead. Yeah, I was I was listening to a video that. I, not listening, I was watching because it was a video. Um, a video that Pad Chennington put out and he he uses this terminology that I'm not sure I, I completely agree with. He says that a lot of people enjoy Vaporwave and it makes them feel nostalgic for a time that they didn't live through. Mm -hmm. But I think that everybody when they're, not everybody, okay, I can't speak for everybody. For me personally, when I listen to Vaporwave, like I'm listening for sounds that are familiar to what I sort of remember. I'm listening for mm -hmm. that built-in nostalgia. And it's really, I think, rare when you have albums that tap into nostalgia that people already didn't have within themselves. And that's mm -hmm. why most of the people that really enjoy Vaporwave were in, you know, either born in the 80s or lived, you know, lived through the 90s. I think that's, that's even though the music, it's weird because radio play and, and disposable media that was played on the radio, um, like some of that does dip into the 80s and that's where I think we get a lot of that 80s sampling from um, like pop standards from the 80s were played on the radio in the 90s and that's why a lot of people are nostalgic for the 80s that never lived through the 80s mm -hmm. um, but um, if that's not already built in that's why I think that's why for such a nostalgia based uh, genre it's it's really hard to manufacture that in your music and you can't you, you can't force the, the listener to have that built in. And I think there's, that's there's perfect, perfect way to describe that is, um, you know, I, you know, we're the same age. So like we obviously, you know, we were born in, you're a year older, you're old as hell. Yeah. Seriously. Old fart. Get the hell out of here. Uh, Indy, you know, how old are you? You're, I thought you were late twenties. I'll be 33 in August. What the old as dirt. He's a yeah. geriatric. <laughs> yeah. But, Jeez. you know, like obviously we weren't, you know, I don't, I was born in the 80s, but I didn't, I don't remember anything from the 80s. Like that, that didn't happen. But growing up. I remember up in, I was there. Yeah. You were a cute baby. <laughs> but, you know, growing up in the 90s, so much of like the media that I consumed, uh, 
you know, either was from the 80s or, or took influence from it. And even just the technology that we used was kind of right around the turn of the decade there. So yeah. even though you weren't there, it was still you're still involved with it and you're still mm-hmm. you're still used to it. You know what that technology is and you've interacted with it and it's not foreign to you. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it it's it makes sense think- that it's it's not a time that I necessarily live through, but it is something that I'm familiar with and do remember and think about the consumption method of how people engage with uh music now or you know even like 10 years ago uh when when youtube uh became a thing that completely shifted the media landscape whereas Mm -hmm. you know us people our age we listened to a lot of music that was kind of everybody was listening to it because it was it we had certain methods of listening to music and they were like Mm -hmm. You either watched MTV um, or if I don't know if you guys had the box. Do you guys remember that channel? It was a video no. request thing. But even then, if you wanted to request a music video, um, you had to know of the artist you wanted to request first. Yeah. And so you were limited with what you were exposed to. And um, now if you have somebody that has grown up with Spotify and YouTube and you know, access to whatever genre they want. Um, they, that sense of nostalgia is somewhat diluted um, and uh, diluted, not diluted. Um, (laughs) And it's much harder to get that audience to feel like they have a shared sort of, because nostalgia is like uh, you, you feel like you experience something and you're hearkening back to that. But like, if you have somebody that grew up with completely digital, uh, music consumption they don't have that built in because everything was always you know on their on their say their demand mm-hmm. you know i mean music Finally, discovery somebody else <laughs> says it <laughs> music discovery for me was going to barnes and noble near my house and going to the music section and mm-hmm. finding a cd and then going over to the little kiosk and punching the code in and like listening to oh yeah the listening stations yeah because you know Hell you yeah. didn't you didn't really have that on the computer at the time in the mid nineties. It just, or it took forever to, to try to find a, a really lo-fi clip of it anywhere. Yeah. Um, and getting it know, to load. And sometimes yeah. it wouldn't load. It wouldn't work. Exactly. I used to do the same thing. I wouldn't, I, but I would go to FYE, which was like just, would, a, yeah, like a, it was yeah, like, whatever was near you or a Best Buy had the same kind of thing yeah. as well. And, so whatever big box music store, cause the low mm-hmm. end ones usually didn't, have that or it was no, maybe they'd no. have one open and you can go and listen to it but um it, it's it's yeah, very then different you have, comp- had, did you ever go to a record st- a lot of place like places did this and i hated this because it was completely wear your heart on your sleeve like um <laughs> you'd go into the store and if you wanted to hear it you'd ask the guy or the girl working there to play it mm-hmm. over the speakers <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i can throw it on if you want to hear it and it's like ah, i don't know if i really want to hear harry chapin um i just want to make sure this is the cats in the cradle guy and he's like ah, i'll play it for you and i was like no <laughs> and then he like points it and he's like this guy wanted to hear this it's like mm-hmm. that's why that it sounds was like an experience a, that's a lived yours. experience that's a true experience yeah. i was like is this the guy yeah. I really want to hear that song, but I don't want anybody to know that I want to hear that song. Yeah. But even then, um, that's if you, you know, bigger names that are, you know, out on labels and they're they're distributed everywhere. If you wanted mm-hmm. smaller labels like, you know, 
Fabrave artist, something you know, someone on that scale, you're not going to find that at yeah. The a closest store like analog that. I think is indie music in the mm-hmm. like late nine, you know, early late nineties. Um, and even then, you're limited with what kind of you've got the big name people that you're going to hear, like Neutral Milk Hotel and Pavement, and then beyond that, <laughs> it's got to be word of mouth that you hear about these people. Um, and that's always been a hurdle for smaller artists, um, and it still is like. The problem of getting your music to people to listen to still exists, and the, the solution is still the same, word of mouth, but people aren't doing the word of mouth thing the same way that they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely based on internet, um, you know, whether something gets talked up enough on the internet. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a different media landscape that, you know, whenever people are like oh yeah vaporwave is it like it's not a young man's or women's or you know any gender it's not it's not a young people's game i don't think (laughs) um and that sucks it's certainly different it's 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 different yeah and i i don't know like people talk about longevity and it makes sense to me why an artist like george clanton would shift a little bit away from it um because i think the writing sort of on the wall for a lot of vaporwave although it's not as dour as I guess I'm painting it as I think because people that like vaporwave, like I I would probably guess I'm not going to you know speak for you, but if you're like me, when you started listening to vaporwave, that became the majority of what you listened to um, in your free time or like that became what you like to listen to. Um, And the fact that you're still listening to it shows that you're, I mean, there is a, a highly dedicated fan base of vaporwave and I think that's where the longevity is, but I don't think that there's sort of a, there's not going to be a wave like 10 years from now of like 15 year olds going like, yeah, this is what I want to make. Um, I think it's going to be, what's the call? The terminology I think they use is it's an aging audience. The music will age with the producers mm-hmm. and audience. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's possible. 10 years from now. I think most of the people listening to Vaporwave will be about 40 and, you know, late 30s, 40s. And um, that just happens with genres that have a very distinct sound, I think. Mm. <clears throat> you mentioned, um, just go back to your original point, Pat Chennington's comment about... Yeah, that people dickhead. Des- no, I'm just <laughs> people, people <laughs> desiring, I love that. I love people Pat. Des- people desiring that sense of nostalgia that they never had and it can create that for them i think maybe people let me like stop telepath you there i know why he wrote or... that it sounded good in the script it sounded good <laughs> and it obviously yeah. worked because i'm but talking it's, about it's, it it's half of the game though right there's the people that we get the nostalgia because we experienced it and then mm-hmm. there's the people that get the nostalgia because they want to experience like they're experiencing the nostalgia like a romanticized version of our nostalgia through vaporwave. And then they want to rediscover all these old technologies and old things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, maybe it's better to not have lived through it so that you can, maybe the experiencing the experience of discovering it now is more worthwhile. It's hard to, hard mm. to know which one's better. No, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I probably am, but <laughs> I think you know. you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just, could, I'm being more serious than I, I really am, but I, I don't know if yeah. that, you yeah. really are taking a leap with what you think people are willing to sit through to get interested in something. <laughs> well, think about uh, like the creator of Private Suite magazine. He's 16. We've been doing this for two years. 
what's that guy's name? Matt. Is it Matt? Yeah, Matt, Matt yeah. and Tosh. He's sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's he's uh, seventeen. Seven, now. Seventeen now. He's yeah. fifty. I've seen him. <laughs> but he's quite young, you know. So there are there are people like that for sure. And I know he likes old technologies too, right? So. Yeah, yeah. but you're talking about a highly motivated person, motivated enough to start a magazine. <laughs> I yeah, think. there could be less of people like him out there. That's for sure. Yeah. I, be, I bet the, you, I'm not going to say he's a freak, but it's got to be there. That is that is like the exception, I think, rather than there's the, always going to be outliers and people who, yeah. who latch onto something and find something that's not the yeah. norm. So, yeah, I think there's a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. young people out there. Just got to got to speak really? up and name come, me, come to the concerts. Name me five young people. Name five uh, kids right just now. Just name five kids. That, I don't. They don't even need to listen to vaporwave. But name five kids. I don't. Not I, fictional. I don't Richie Rich I, can't count. I know the guys that run First Class Collective are quite young. Yo, young mm-hmm. Yoshi. And They're Zico. early twenties. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Our our IT guy was fucking young. Our old IT guy. <laughs> we're not going to go into that. Not going to go into that. <laughs> we're not going to go into that. <laughs> Sounds like there's a story there. If you're oh, young, mm. hit us up. We want to talk to you. Hello, young like, folks. Let's, let's Hello, not. Please, please. Hello, fellow kids. Please. Yeah. Oh, like, Name what of this it? episode is going to be I, If I, you're I, young and you like Vaporwave, you're probably cool. I do I, have a couple. I work at, I don't want to, I mean, I don't talk about my work work um, for, for re- <laughs> obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, for those that know me. Um, but I, I, you know, interact with young people. It sounds so stupid. <laughs> I interact with the young folk, um, and a couple of them, I've 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 talked to them, and without me mentioning it, they're into vaporwave. But I will say they like more of the synthwave side of stuff. Um, I feel like yeah. that's a very attractive. <laughs> that's the dark side of. It's not even vaporwave, but like, yeah. Um, and yeah, I would say they're the cooler people that look for things out of the way. I don't think right. that, like. If they were not so hell bent on being different, which is cool because high schoolers and, you know, teenagers, that's like a built in part of their persona. I want to be different so that my parents won't understand me. They won't yeah, be able like, to because I'm weird. Uh, I have how to I have felt, an, at least. my identity. It's all about yes, the identity. You build right? your identity based on what you consume when you're a teenager and um, at least in part. And you got to be a certain you got to be trying to build a certain identity to get into vaporwave at a young age i think in this and like you were saying yeah people do exist in that way and it's awesome that there is such a wealth of vaporwave to get into um however i don't know if the start like we were talking about earlier i don't know if the starting points are really building up a great accessibility to such a huge i mean there are if you just look at DMT alone, uh, there are thousands of albums that fit into what people would say is, yeah, that's vaporwave. Like, that's too. Mu- that's a very high barrier of entry, um, I think, for people. So that you you do get people, especially like teenagers. When I talk to them, their entry, like they're they're sticking to the safe stuff, you know, um, because there's mm. thousands of other albums, and you know. Who has that time? Um, and in that way, I think it's funny that Vaporwave sort of become a, a, you know, I don't know if you were, um, 
I don't know if you bought into it when it was first. There was that whole anti-capitalist notion in the beginning mm-hmm. of Vaporwave. Mm-hmm. Did you guys take that very seriously? I wasn't into it yet. I got yeah, it in like 2016, 2017 era. So. Okay, yeah, it was like 2012 to 2014, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah. Um, what about you, Pony? What do you, like? What's your take on that? Um, I, I mean, I get the underlying message how with the consumerism and and you know tying into like the malls and and the luxury aspect of it. Um, see, that's it, the weird I, thing. I, you see, you said malls. <laughs> like, what rich person goes to a mall? That never made sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> like, but there are anyway, rich malls you know, to go I'm, to. I'm nitpick, nitpick. Yeah, yeah. Lord and Taylor. I mean, you can go. Mall. You can have a whole whole episode of, of stuff on on different types of malls and and yeah that kind of stuff now. But the you know, it, it's of malls. you know so much of it. You know, at least in the early days, harped on like the luxury side of things. Yeah, um, and and these these opulent things, and that kind of played High into life. it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I do enjoy that that music but i don't i feel like the genre now is not trying to necessarily make a stance on capitalism and yeah and whatnot it's not you're not going to listen to a new album that comes out now and it's like yeah this really this this really affirms my views of uh anti-capitalism measures and and yeah so that's not part of it i i can tell you as i think i might have told somebody about this um when I got into the genre, I, I was I'm I'll, self-critical here, um, maybe a little too pretentious for my own good. And um, mm-hmm. I was like, I latched onto that heavy. I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's so deep. What a message. <laughs> and like, and then like five years later, I'm like, you know, consuming, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's the antithesis of, of, of that statement where we have thousands of albums and it's, it's almost, you know, some of it's throwaway stuff. Not and people are, people rush to spend $30 on a cassette. As soon yes. As something comes it, out. I feel like there's a certain there's and, and the, the pretentious side of me really revels in that irony. That's like, mm-hmm. you're <laughs> cause I sell tapes too. And sometimes you the tape is like three hate. hours long. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I am. I'm part of a capitalist system. So did you um, get into it because of that message or did you get into it and then learn about the message and just It was definitely get- a combination and I would say heavy parts both. The music I liked, the sound of it. Um mm-hmm. and but I loved that sort of I just like anything with like it goes back to my interest in performance. I think that when I thought of artists buying into that and like co- sort of propagating that that messaging um, it just seemed like performance art to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really thought, oh, I believe the statement, you know, the the message, the me- mission statement, you know, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But I like the performance aspect of a genre having that built in. Um, and I just thought that was really cool. But uh, it's, I think it's better that the genre shifted away from that. <laughs> um, I think letting people, you know, spread their wings and do whatever messaging they want is better for a genre. Um, and since it's like that now, I really don't see it as, I see the, the vaporwave community more shifting towards like a, a much more DIY punk ethic than it, it than it is, uh, you know, some sort of highfalutin, <laughs> you know, anti-corporate messaging <laughs> thing. And I like that more. I like the, I was always involved in the punk scene, um, before I did, uh, vapor, vaporwave stuff. 
and that DIY slap it together, make something, you know, anybody can do it. Um, I think that for producers, not listeners, but for producers, it, it creates a much more welcoming space of, uh, Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. Yeah, I, I like I, the the yeah. malleable nature of what it's become, and it mm-hmm. it can fit multiple, uh, multiple, I guess, verticals of, of vaporwave, and you can yeah. you can have different, you know, you can have it's that anti capitalism thing. You can have the people that love the luxury aspect of it. You can have people that you know just have fun with it and enjoy it. It, it can be something to everyone, and yeah. there's something for everyone with the different styles within it. And I would say yeah, I like the best thing, like are, you you talk to artists primarily, right? Like musicians, right? Uh, like you're never- interviews? Like, yeah, yeah. You you interview people that, uh, yeah, like mostly labels. producers. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're interacting with, I've found that producers overwhelmingly are are very positive and welcoming and, and nice. Um, I I, dis- I make that distinction because vap- the vaporwave listening community, people that just <laughs> listen to vaporwave, it is not the same picture really. No. The people that are most vocal are the ones that are least welcoming. Yeah. Um, so and I try to have other people strange on strange balance. Like um, just fans of vaporwave, but I am very selective about that. Who wants to listen to them? Well, some knowledgeable people out there, bro. Yeah, I mean, we have some like you know super fans like uh, uh, Stu. Yeah, you know, we had true. on and and super you know, he's, fans too. He he knows his <laughs> his stuff and and is knowledgeable and everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. You have um, your average R slash vaporwave commenter. <laughs> exactly uh, what I was thinking. You know, of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that person you don't really want to hear as much. You know, yeah. you can you can stick to Reddit and do what you got, do what you can. So. Yeah, it's a shame that that's such a. Uh, it's not the same as it used to be, um, but it's a shame that that's still a place where people see as a necessary. I would say a necessary evil to to get new albums sometimes because if yeah. you don't follow the people that you need to follow on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, or I guess Instagram, I don't know what the primary method of delivery. I, I see it mostly on Twitter. I think Vaporwave mm-hmm. Twitter is more active than. And Bandcamp emails. Bandcamp emails from the same people every week. Every every day. You yes. Get, you get I them. try to be very sparing because I, I sit down and write it like a letter. So you'll get one from Halcyon Tapes once every month or two months. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's too much. I, I ignore them. I, I, I mean, if you're a label listening to this, like don't send too much. Send for Honestly, releases. But like, don't tell me how you're doing. So <laughs> like, um, I'm gonna ignore it. On the yeah, most too recent many status updates, updates, sometimes too. <laughs> yeah. On the most recent software for um, for iOS on uh, iPhones, the Bandcamp. If thing, you right? if you don't yeah if you don't interact with a notification for X amount of time, it'll come up. It's like, hey, do you want to keep getting these or do you want to change your notification settings? Ooh, and I for Bandcamp for me. Now. It it's it comes up every time. Like, do you want to keep this? And I I I haven't had the heart to say no yet. Yeah, and I'm afraid to do it. I'm gonna be real. Time, say, I'm like, gonna start get, clicking. No, you know who <laughs> every, you are. You'll be so because I get like four or five of them a day. I think. Yeah, and you know it it is it is a lot. It it really is. Um, 
kind of spammy in some case. I think Twitter is probably <laughs> the the best place to get notified on, yeah. on what is happening with new releases. Follow the lab- follow the labels, follow your favorite artists yeah. because they're all retweeting and, and posting stuff about new artists and follow people in the community that are not necessarily artists but are showcasing some of it like I don't know, Private Suite magazine where, you know, yeah. we kind of do some stuff like that and we can post some stuff about that as well. The, al- the algorithm is great too. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's been showing be me like, what I want to see. It's but yeah, that's another problem. It'll show you what your friends like. Your like friends Twitter, like this, so you'll probably like yeah. it too. Yeah, I see a lot of I see I do see Private Suite. I see Randy 3D Blast a lot. Mm-hmm. I see uh Sheep and mm-hmm. I see I think anything that tech or James does. Yeah. Um they're just hilarious. Um but like I think that's another problem with the longevity of Vaporwave getting new people. Twitter is not a young person's platform anymore. It's like it's you know mid to older 20s, 30s and some older people. Uh when I talk to younger people, they don't use Twitter because it's such a highly text-based things, a uh, text-based platform. Um you know, and people can post videos and images, but that's not really the they driving Instagram force of for that. It. They have Instagram for that, and it's a better yeah. platform for that. So, um, yeah, it, for for a genre so heavily promoting on Twitter, it's a bit of an issue moving forward. Talk about like five, ten years from now, when you've got younger people that don't even use Twitter, and I've talked to them like, "Oh, we'll follow on Twitter, and you'll you'll find a lot of stuff." And they're like, "I don't want to create a Twitter and you know pick who to follow. I like who I've got on Instagram," and that's just the nature of. Um, you know, the social media landscape is definitely whatever you latch into, yeah. you kind of stick with. Um, Which is interesting because, like, as social media came up, like, you know, you had, what, Friendster and MySpace and, and whatever. Those are gone. Mm-hmm. You know, no one used those. Facebook Which replaced I'm them. Which I'm sad but- about because my first <laughs> artist name was on MySpace. I, I went by an artist name called Pickle Pirate 89 which was nice, nice, terrible electronic music. <laughs> and I didn't and, even and think MySpace. the name would be weird. I was like, Pickle Pirate, yeah. And then like every comment I would start getting was like, you know, that's like a, it's a very gay name, right? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, and they, they linked me to the same Urban Dictionary article <laughs> entry. It's like, it's a man who steals wives' husbands to have sex with them. And I was like, well, that's not oh, what wow. I was thinking at age 12. But yeah. uh, okay. It's like, <laughs> amazing. But, you know, like since, you know, Facebook came in, I think really got popular in like 06 this was when people really started to latch on to it. Hasn't gone anywhere. And then you saw Twitter come out and, you know, sort of around the same time. And that's grown in popularity, but it's not really yeah. going anywhere. 2008 to 2012, you know, 13, I'd say is the yeah. peak, peak usage yeah. of Twitter. You've seen, you've seen new stuff come about. And like with the exception of Vine, which disappeared, everything oh, is kind of I maintained. I Vine. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but I don't see, I don't know, I don't even know because I refuse to download it and I'm not getting involved with it. But is there like a vaporwave TikTok? Like, is that, is that a Fuck thing? TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> Every young person I talk to says TikTok is what people should be using if they want to get ideas out there. And I, I have the same exact opinion. Like, it's too just. I hate TikTok. I've downloaded and it and looked at it, and Chinese it's like this is shit. Yeah, yeah, this I is just... shit. This is all people copying each other's ideas. This is not cool. It's stupid. Like I think for a teen, where you can't really just—I dis- 
I hate to be down on young people, but like, you don't know what's cool. It's it, that stuff's so <laughs> stupid. Like you're you gonna look back kids. in ten years and you're gonna say, "Yeah, that was dumb. That was everything you watched on TikTok was dumb." Um, and a lot of it no is just substance. like guys from like North Carolina lip syncing terrible country music too. It's honestly and, a bunch uh, of pedophiles and a bu- like old people trying to get young people. And because every social media platform is a dating platform now somehow, um, and like. It's old people trying to appeal to young people who have no business interacting with young people. And it's <laughs> it's it's people copying other people's ideas and it's it's all style, no substance, and it's so stupid. But that's you know, that's my critique of, of TikTok. Don't do it. I I've just been trying to I, I think the combination of Twitter and Instagram is kind of is is good. Um <laughs> teenage you don't suicide. really need don't do it. <laughs> You know, I, I've I like deleted Facebook off my phone because I just I don't need to randomly pick up my phone and start scrolling through it because it just adds to stress and everything else, especially with the political climate right now. The app um, sucks anyway. And, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just it's a pain. The, in the algorithm ass. is really weird. I only see like two people's engine. It's like I get a notification when pretty much if Tyler Trash Ghost does anything or Sheep does anything, and they're always just commenting on each other's posts. So it's like. It's like I'm standing outside a window just watching what they're doing. I don't really post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's shout out to them. I love those two people. Oh yeah. (laughs) So everything's bad is what we've decided. Everything's bad, except for wizardry thing. It's it's yeah. I think that the that's one to tie it all back. I think the character of the wizard is something that I thought would, and I think I still believe this. It it adds longevity to it because. you know, bits and and funny things. People still tell me about this stupid video I did where I drank Mountain Dew or something, um, like Holiday Mountain Dew. What were they think? I don't remember the video, and like yeah. people remind me of that, and like <laughs> it's like cool. You remember that? Um, I don't even remember. Like so, like I think that there's got to be some more things people I, I i would you know strongly urge artists to maybe don't do stupid stuff like me <laughs> that's my thing um <laughs> the dumb character bit uh but longevity yeah build some longevity into your into your uh like i, I guarantee most people that are making music like this is their people don't think of it like but if you're making music under a name right now that's the name that you're going to be known for you're probably, if you're making vaporwave music, not gonna pull a George Clanton and and become a new person artist thing. Uh, you're not gonna be able to create a new persona and have that same momentum that you would have had starting as an artist two or three years ago or four years ago or whatever. That's um, not always true. You don't uh, think so? I mean, I think maybe. Tupperwave is the biggest example of that, and it's like that's I think. Some of that stuff is a fluke, I think, honestly. Yeah. Well, De- I know Desert had a bunch of different projects with a friend of his, and they would each just try a different sound and name it a different project. And for some reason, people liked his first Desert Sand project, and then he just kept making more you of those. Desert Sand feels warm at night? That, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I thought that has been around for a little longer. When's, when was their first album out? 2018 maybe really i thought that was yeah. like 2016 or something the name seemed like it was i mean that's cool that 
You might I think be that's a compliment, of... thinking that. No, I'm not thinking yeah. of Azure Sands, if you're thinking of that. No, um, from Tokyo to Honolulu. They've been around, They've been for, around for a while. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's, I mean, like we were talking, nostalgia is a good thing. I think it's a tool. I think it's important if you want to tap into it, have that be strong in your music and your imagery too. Like, mm. like I'm not saying everybody needs to get a green screen far from it. Um, Cause like you see how that works out with mine. <laughs> like, yeah. You can have all the equipment in the world and you can still look like you're in a green screen. I listened to your podcast the other day and you're right. The word I would describe my stuff is crude. It's very crude. (laughs) I agree. I completely, you see, you don't think that we listen to this stuff, but I listen to your your podcast and I agree. Um, It is crude. I I am, I am obviously in a green screen environment. (laughs) No one's watching my videos and going like, what he, he he paid Nintendo to put him in there? Like <laughs> no well, it's one's like, seeing that. We know, we know that you don't take yourself too seriously. Yes, with the way you do it. And I think that's what I was trying to like get to is like if you don't take yourself too seriously, you open yourself up to allowing for you know do what you want and like be happy with that. But if you take yourself mm-hmm. seriously, then you put something with green screen out and it looks like shit, like mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> people are going to harp on that. Like, I can honestly say watching some of, uh, you know, some live stream stuff and like people in the comments or people that I'm talking to are like, if someone is a serious, quote unquote, serious artist and they, they do something with green screen and it doesn't match that level of drama or seriousness that they have built into their character, uh, it can backfire on them. Right. And not everybody, unfortunately, can tell the difference between the sarcastic. It's like some, when you are different, you know, sometimes you're mm-hmm. sarcastic and funny and other times you're serious and um, not everyone can kind of see the difference. So I understand that struggle. Yeah. I mean, that's, I kind of set myself up for that. And I, I knew that going into it. Like if I do this character people want that character, people like that character or whatever. Maybe I'm being a little bit mm-hmm. too braggadocious, but um, people like, I feel like <laughs> I, I don't think anybody's sad when they talk to me in real life because I'm not goofy. Because I do say goofy things, but um, uh, I think it's, I would hope, I would hope it's a pleasant surprise that people see that I'm, you know, more thoughtful than a goofy, <laughs> you know, just character. The people, I think I, I like when people interact with me and get beyond the fact that I do a caricature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they want to and they just look at you short, briefly at your Twitter or something, they can tell that quickly. You're quite well read. Mm, um, thank you, you have... for saying that. I'm glad I didn't have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> About yeah, myself. Sure. I, <laughs> I was going to ask you for any apprentices out there, if there's any good uh, books Hell yeah. for becoming um, a wizard. The End of Policing. Oh, sorry. Wait, for being a wizard? <laughs> for how to sorry. train to be a wizard, yeah. But we could go all the, uh, all the I was going to say, but... I recommend The End of Policing, The New Jim Crow. Um, they've been real. I mean, every I've had... It's a. It's sad, and we're not going to get into this. This isn't what the podcast is for, I'm sure, but... Um, you know, this is a time for people to educate themselves. And for me, a yeah. self-appointed, self-claimed scholar, it's like, hell yeah, <laughs> I got books. Um, like, uh, 
<laughs> reading. Seriously, there's so many books. People always just think that there's the same stuff. Like people don't want to acknowledge that there is a wealth of it. Same with Vaporwave. There is a wealth of information and media and stuff to consume and learn from. Um, but you got to put in effort to find it and learn from it. Um, yeah. So like mm -hmm. I'm all for every, I mean, you guys, uh, India, I know I've talked to you about this. Um, like it makes sense based on what my job is that I would want more people to be reading and learning. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, people should be reading and learning more. Honestly, I can tell you, I've said that too many times. Overused. I've overused <laughs> that adverb, honestly. I don't go around lying, so I don't know why I use that adverb. Um, but the best way to be funny and the best way to get people interested in the things you have to say is to, you know, read and and learn. The more educated you are, the more points of reference you have to riff off of <laughs> or like... Um, mm -hmm. You know, like if I pull a deep cut and I'm like making jokes off of, you know, the wide Sargasso Sea or something, like nobody's going to care. But if I use my knowledge that I gained from reading that, like, you know, and I think it's just being well-spoken. People appreciate somebody that can talk. Um, and I'm not saying I'm good yeah, at it. I used a word like four minutes ago. I didn't know what it was. What one? Started with a B. Uh, braggadocious? Yeah. Just braggy, you know, bragging about <laughs> stuff. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> no, I, That's I've an never. I don't. You know, I being a you know somebody that likes to. I don't know, like being verbose and you know using a bunch of words. Like it's not like I'm going around saying, "Oh, you don't know what that word means." Peon, like, like I'm not looking down on anybody. <laughs> um, but I think people do appreciate somebody that can you know, pull a bunch of words out of their holster and fire them off, you know? It's a good, uh, it's like a role model, right? You want to... I want people to be educated to look at up the end to, of the day. That's always my yeah, message. Yeah, you want the person you're looking up to <laughs> to be able to provide you with an education as well. Like, wouldn't that be a treat too? Absolutely. Um, when I talk mm -hmm. about what I, you know, try and instill in, you know, or, you know, impart on people that are consuming stuff that I make, I, you know, I always want to be a positive uh, role model for anybody that's consuming stuff that I make. So I don't, you know, I, I try, I try not to curse. I, you know, you won't find me saying the F word ever, um, except once. There's one instance, I think. We'll never forget it. I won't ever forget. Yes. How, <laughs> yes. Okay. Thanks, friend. <laughs> you won't find it. Oh, I think it was Sorry. on the 3D cast. <laughs> Great. Episode forty-two. Yeah. <laughs> it was at about like fifteen minutes. In. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. I think it's important to kind of practice what you preach. And if I don't, you know, and I'm not totally down with you know young people just instantly using you know cursing as a crutch. I would love to hear people use more varied speech because everybody, I mean, now especially like everybody's got a voice that's worth listening to. And like, if you're not finding that voice and if you're just relying on crutches and like just cursing all the time, like you're not going to find that voice as steadily as, as somebody that's really searching for what their voice is. Um, exactly. And trying to find the words that further express them themselves the way they want to be. Absolutely. Understood. Yeah. The biggest, the reason why anybody should do, I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it should be self-centered. You should want to find your own voice in life. And I think that 
especially with music. Like, you know, I try and do my own thing. Um, when I do interviews like this, I try and just, you know, be as, you know, clear and concise as I can with stuff. Um, yeah, I think the most important thing somebody has is their voice and their identity. And like, if, if people don't have the skills to find that identity, that's like, that's a huge problem. Um, cause I'm interested in, in what people, you know, who they are and, I would hope that they're giving me authenticity with that. And, you know, if you don't have mm -hmm. that background of the skills and the tools to really find out who you are, then you're not going to be able to give that authentic you at all, all times. Um, yeah. You're sounding like Nietzsche. Yeah. Sorry to get philosophical. <laughs> here. I love Nietzsche. Everybody read Nietzsche. But, um, oh, fuck. What was I going to say? It's gone. Nietzsche yeah. took, Nietzsche well, looking took at over. the looking at the time. Speaking of staring into the void, um, <laughs> we. I, I mean, I, I got a, I got a jet, folks. Time give to me, go. give me some last, give me some hot take questions or something, real quick, rapid fire. Okay, um, how do you deal with your enemies? <laughs> how do I deal with my enemies? Okay, well, as a Follow wizard, who are your enemies? As a wizard, I'm gonna just. Uh, <laughs> Short answer, blast, short answer yeah. spells, long answer, just prove to be more intelligent than your enemies. Honestly, I think ah. that's the best thing. Because we're on Twitter. It's like It's like, how are you, you're not going to, it's so stupid for people to be like, you know, macho and be like, oh, I'll find you and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beat your butt up. Like, it's like, no, you're not. But what you can do is like make them seem stupid by like making them expose themselves by being dumb. I think like mm -hmm. whenever I don't, I'm not going to be like a yuppie, you know, happy go lucky guy and say that I don't disagree with people. I disagree with a lot of people, but my method has always been just like, let them prove themselves wrong, you know, yeah. talk them into saying something that is a mistake. And, you know, even if they don't realize it, other people hopefully will. Um, so whenever it's there's like interactions, do that. Yeah. Well, it's like that trick of, making people think something was their idea and then they're more likely to do it. <laughs> yes. The power right. of persuasion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you're just saying, educate yourself and it'll help you yeah. in situations like that. I mean, if, if you know what you're talking about and even if you, you already know where you stand on a topic, mm -hmm. it, it can't hurt to learn more. Yeah. It can't hurt to, to further expand your view of various things. Yeah. I, I always say, say just talk something it out. about books, actually yeah. say something about books and make people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> That's it's hard to, to get into the rhythm of reading books. And that's the struggle I think people have. But once you get one or two mm -hmm. books and just discipline yourself with that, you start to open yourself up to understanding yeah. what books, what the value of books is and what you're trying to get at Colin is yeah. how, many different books there are and they're not all the same and th there's some really incredible stuff out there yeah. a lot of stuff better than the films we're watching absolutely and one way that i can kind of advise if anybody you know thinks that they're done with reading i know a couple people that are like i'm done with reading after high school like i'm not like go back and read something you liked from high school there's nothing wrong with rereading something everybody's so afraid of rereading because mm -hmm. they're like well i've already read it it's a waste of time but like you know i'm reading i'm rereading um, the Lord of the Rings right now and it's like it's not because I want to know what happens I, I get the gist that the, <laughs> he's going to get rid of the ring at the end um, <laughs> but like reading it makes me appreciate other stuff too it's made me want to read other stuff too 
Um, so if you if you and think you, you don't like you'll... reading, like read something that you know you liked. Like a lot of people like, um, I don't know, Catcher in the Rye is a big one, a good uh, touchstone for what people stop at. Um, go read it again and mm-hmm. find and you'll find that you like reading more than you think you like reading. Or, you know, you find something in a genre that you didn't think you'd like, whatever. Like I, I honestly, I love reading law-based novels mm. about like a lawyer and or something like that investigating like his client and like dealing with it i don't know why but i can read novels like that all day that's awesome mm. and i get to sink my, te- my teeth into it so you never know you can find it and if and if you're the hurdle of actually going and getting a book like you can go get like a, a refurbished kindle for like 30 bucks mm-hmm. now and then go get a library card. And most libraries in the country, in the yeah. U.S., if they do a digital thing. You can you can you can do a digital download and literally never have to leave your it's house. So cool. Yeah. Um, and have access to tons so of books. much shit. And even on on Amazon, like you can pay like ten bucks for Kindle Unlimited. And not every book's on there, but there's tons of stuff. You just it's like Prime or Netflix for for books. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for people you know, that like so, vaporwave and like that ephemeral nature of old tech, go get a Kindle and then do the thing with libraries like like Pony, like what you were saying. It it's so mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in this little club and you're like, oh, this book I can rent it now. It's it's mine now. No one else can read that right now. That's mine. Like it's nice. super. It feels exclusive, and it's so sad that reading has become something that you can feel exclusive in. That's sad as hell. It's. It's sad. We were just talking about on the show, like looking back at footage from the 60s and how articulate everybody was when they spoke. Young people and not too many people swore. It's just, uh, it's like we've lost our ability to articulate. (laughs) (laughs) They also in the 50s and 60s used that, you know, the, the... the accent that people had the transatlantic transatlantic accent, accent. Ah, yeah, see, yeah, come yeah. Here. pony knows what i'm talking about it's gonna, not real gonna fight this kangaroo here, see? we're gonna go we're gonna go 23 scooter to the yeah, moon right? but the fact that Man. people wanted to hear that and they were like yeah people want to hear someone that sounds like a certain way like being articulate but is also, not as valued as it used to be i think cameras no. and you know video cameras be. and regular cameras were you know how many of them were there in the 60s not a lot it was you expensive know, who was who was getting in front of a camera you know now anyone can pick up their phone and and broadcast yeah. live to to anywhere you know so blessing and a curse back then it was it's you know it's it everyone gets a soapbox but you know then everyone's at the same height and yeah you know, I don't think necessarily. I mean, people have gotten stupider in, in some regards, but I don't necessarily <laughs> think stupider. that it's as it's as um, as bad as it people think it is. Yeah. I think just more people have the platform to say what they have always. I thought. don't think people are yeah. dumber now. I think people are more overwhelmed with media, and there was a much more concise. Everybody was what like. Uh, there was what five mm-hmm. channels or you know in the first you know years that yeah. television were out so when it comes to hey are you up on what media there is it's like okay well i watched tv last night so yes i am i saw leave it to beaver <laughs> and mm-hmm. i'm good like yeah. now now you can get you know the the northern japanese origami channel yep. on youtube and you can get you know you don't want that like central japan crap you want that northern good kind <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Stuff. i would say though you, know, the you can big get thing, so and that's niche. why there's no nostalgia yeah and because <laughs> no one's having the same shared childhoods yeah the same shared shared experience same news and i think that 
apart from this virus. Yeah. I think one of the big things though that has gotten bigger with the more with more access to media and a wealth of media, the idea of this fear of missing out thing has become a very driving mm-hmm. force and it's it's oh, yeah. sort of forced people to gravitate towards things that they might not actually wanted more to watch like um think of how many people watched tiger king just because of uh you know fear of missing exactly and now how many people are talking about it nobody zero and glad i never wasted my time with yeah oh it's so it was good but nobody's talking (laughs) about it because it's highly disposable because of that whole fear of missing out everybody's on to another thing which Thankfully, yeah, right now, a lot of people, did that too. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, what you know, people are fear of missing out. I would hope that your fear of missing out is doing something, for like you know, doing something to support the old days. Black Lives Sports, Matter. Yeah. I would really hope that you're not yeah. missing out on on supporting people. Like, but um, yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, with you know, there's that's the. I don't know if either of you think of this, but with all of the media that's exists today there's just there's no way during your lifespan you're going to consume everything even everything of the type of thing you want like for me anime even vaporwave i like anime no and vaporwave but like yeah. i'm already acknowledging that like there's a point where i can't watch everything so i'm sort of yeah. retreating into my like all right well my niche is 90s violent OVAs of anime and that's I can watch all those there's got to be like maybe less than a hundred hours maybe hopefully but um this fear of missing out when it comes to new stuff like really it's a distraction from what people really want to watch you know like you know and I think that goes to like what books and like find something you like (laughs) it's like yeah mm -hmm. I tell this to you know my my day job I work in travel and I, I plan travel for people going to various places in Asia and the South Pacific. And, you know, so many people will say like, well, you know, I'm only going there once. So I want to see everything and I want to go do everything. everything. And, you know, what I tell them, you know, they say we're going to Japan for for five days and I want to see this. I want to see this. My name is Dan Mason and I'm going to Japan. What do I do? (laughs) You know, you can't you can't do it. So, you know, go and focus on on what you really, really want to see some really interesting things and enjoy it. Don't yeah. worry that you're not seeing some other things. Enjoy what you're going to see. Because if you try to focus on cramming everything mm-hmm. in and experiencing everything, you're not going to enjoy what you're actually experiencing or you're yeah. going to have a, a worse experience. Doing Even if it. you move there, you're enjoy not going to get everything. And that's just how it is for anybody yeah. that lives in any country. Like just because you live in America I mean, for- doesn't mean you you yeah. know anything about what it's like in Pennsylvania or, or Iowa. Um, I've lived in, in Philadelphia for, for 10 years now. And literally just over the past couple of months have explored some new gardens and, and outdoor spaces that we've never been to yeah. before. You know, yeah. there's still tons of stuff we haven't experienced. And you're not, if you try to cram it all in, you're never going to, you're never going to enjoy it. I think it. that's, enjoy what that's you representative of a oversimplification of culture because we interact with culture mm-hmm. every hour of the day with our phones. We think that that's the extent of culture, that it is quickly consumable. You can see all sides mm-hmm. of things. Um, but in real life, you know, thinking from an anthropological standpoint, uh, no one has ever known what it's like to live every existence. And that's just not possible. It takes more time. So like, uh, yeah, the, I, I, your example, I think is, is perfect. Like people want to sightsee through their life and it's like, you can't, mm-hmm. culture is too vast, too rich. Um, and, and that's why it's so 
for for people that like think of life as you know larger than their little bubble it's so obvious of course there's going to be you know marginalized voices that you haven't heard um because you you know life is way too vast for for people to have just thrust that in your face um you didn't go sightseeing to to go you didn't make time to do it so that side of existence is you know unknown to you um yeah so mm-hmm. yeah i would i would you know i would hope everybody that's listening here has a open enough mind to just explore things that they you know uh take your ignorance as a uh you know, starting point, it's not your end point. Just learn as much as you can. Mm-hmm. But also, like what Pony was saying, like you can't cram it into a, a week trip. Um, it's got to yeah. be a lifelong thing. And even then, you're, you got to be willing to accept you're not going to, you're not going to be able to absorb, absorb everything or see everything or listen to everything. I used to, I used to have that problem too. And I think some good advice is the sooner you realize that you're not going to be able to consume everything in life that you'd like to and that it's probably better and more worthwhile in your time Mm -hmm. to focus in on, like you were saying, Colin, what you actually want or what you're actually good at instead of, you know, spreading yourself too thin over too many headlines, trying to keep up with everything. Mm -hmm. Go to more bookstores, educate yourself, (laughs) get more experiences and listen to more vaporwave. Yeah. I love bookstores. Because you can go in and talk to the people who've probably read the books that you're interested in and yeah. like get some shout out to you and then you go back stores. and you're like, Hey, I read that book. What's another one? And then you kind of develop a relationship yeah. community, maybe join a book club. Well, I don't know, Pony, yeah. you live in Philadelphia. <laughs> you live in Philadelphia, you said. Have you ever been to yeah. Yeah. that's Pencil like have you ever been to Easton, Pennsylvania yeah. by any chance? No, it's a little I ways not. away. It's maybe an hour. But if you ever do get to go to Easton, um, they have a really cool bookstore called The Quadrant, which was, I think that's where I saw, I saw, you know, it's a good bookstore because that's where I saw my first punk show. Um, and it's a like <laughs> used bookstores are the nice. shit. Like go to more used yeah. bookstores. Um, you know, the yeah. other thing that you see used, popping used, up exactly. a lot of places used. are the um, like the book exchange little cubbies that you see in some communities. Yeah, like, yeah. A couple of them near my, near my, my house family where has people just. Yeah, you just drop a book in there and like anyone can just walk up and just take one, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just a paperback could be whatever. Um, if you're done with a book and you have some stuff, just you drop one in there and leave it and anyone can kind of take it. So maybe you find something cool there. And Yeah, not, I think the best advice, though, um, don't when it comes to books, don't force everyone to listen to what you've, you know, been reading. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to say reading is a completely individual act, but like it's that old parable. Don't let the left hand, you know, know what the other one's doing. Like, don't force everybody to listen to what you've been reading. It's like, I've been reading this book. That's that's when you cross over into being a nerd and annoying. (laughs) I I don't want to be a bully, but like when you force other people to engage in the act that you did, and they're not going to get anything from it. it's like oh you read that book cool and then you're like forcing people to like interact with the fact that you read the book um unless you want to teach people of stuff that you learned from the book that's different but um yeah reading shouldn't yeah. be a performative act is what i'm saying it should be mm. reformative for your mind that's all i got to say i just like books <laughs> 
I like Lord of the Rings. And um, any other? That was a long. That was a quick question. Just so we can reference. I said, give me a yeah, quick you question. Said you, <laughs> we started talking. About you had to go. Things. Yeah, I, as yeah, you can imagine, I don't follow schedules very well. Um, but what's yeah. your last quick question? How did you um, like? What spell? How how did you use your wizardry to create your indestructible pants? Indestructible pants. Is this a reference mm-hmm. to something I destroyed my pants or something? On it was a video you did on Twitter. Did I? I destroyed yeah. my pants. No, you were like hitting your pants. These babies are indestructible. Oh damn! That was. <laughs> That's, see, that's an example of a 3 a.m. video. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I send every single, well, not every single one. Um, Tyler Trash Ghost, I send everything to him and I'm like, I'm going to post this. Watch this. And yeah. he's like, uh, like he'll, sometimes he'll get back to me and he's like, oh, don't post that. And it's like, too late. <laughs> Indestructible Pants was an example. And that's one where there's footage. That was take five or six. I was like cursing and I was like, these effing pants, you can't touch them and then like there yeah. was a take where i was where exactly. I, I was holding the pants in front of me and like <laughs> the pants would rip away from me <laughs> like and then yeah. i'd be wearing underwear and then i'm like is this on brand is nudity on brand like no <laughs> i don't think so so the so. end take that you're talking about the indestructible pants that was a whole character I wanted. <laughs> the character just kept talking about their indestructible pants. And I will tell you, because I'm not afraid to say when I've ripped something off. Um, <laughs> there was a Conan O'Brien skit from the 90s. There was a guy who was like talking about his indestructible pants. He's like, I got my indestructible pants. And he comes out singing and then a guy shoots him in the chest. Oh. <laughs> He's like, I, I told you my pants were indestructible. <laughs> And yeah, it's like, and I was just thinking of that, and I was like, I really want to flip. That, that this is where my mind goes. I was like, I wonder what happened to that indestructible <laughs> pants guy. You know, we haven't heard yeah. it from him since you know the '90s, and I want to be that indestructible pants guy, and just just trailing off into random Conan guests from the early '90s. Yeah, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of uh, late night tell. I hate Jay Leno, but I love I love Conan O'Brien. Um, I like. Uh, David Letterman. Um, I love early David Letterman with like the Chris Elliott stuff. Um, you could probably guess. I don't know if you guys remember Jiminy Glick, the Martin Short character. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. If you get a chance, watch. That's I, that's a huge influence for like he. The weird thing is like you know Martin Short. Uh, you know from what Three Amigos or whatever. No. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Um. Uh. The actor. Uh. And he. But uh, like this persona that he has as Jiminy Glick is like it's this whole other thing, and it's like that's what I kind of strive for with um, with uh, uh, the wizard character, and and going back to the Chris Elliott stuff, like he had these characters on David Letterman that were so stupid and so inane. Like there was this um character he had called Guy Living Under the Stairs, and or under the uh under the um audience stairs, and like. They would be like, time for our segment, time, you know, guy living under the stairs. And he wouldn't be doing anything. He'd just be like sitting there like, <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, uh, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, um, 
I was gonna like hang the laundry. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, and Letterman's like, well, I thought we were gonna have like a segment. He's like, I told you what it is, guy under the stairs. This is what you I said, and like, so like these pointless little bits, and like I just think yeah. that not that it's a, I mean, it is a time waster, but I think that making that entertaining is is you know better than any sort of you know highly produced i hate sitcoms because i think they're just like too much effort for too little payoff and i think just simple stuff mm-hmm. is so funny um and if you have a genuinely funny simple idea like you can get that yeah. across real quick and i i love that kind of stuff so to tie mm-hmm. it back to my set for uh pad's block party i think you're going to see a lot of short stuff that really does kind of um it's just a short thing you're like oh well, <laughs> i guess that's <laughs> like Stuff that you know I think is a joke. Part of the yeah. fun is that when people watch the wizard stuff, it's like, I guarantee, like, me as Colin thinks, it's like, I'm thinking, I'll bet people wonder why I think this is funny. Like, like, I'll, like I bet people watching Definitely. this are, like, thinking, I guess he thinks this is funny. <laughs> like, and that is the answer. Yes, I think the stuff I'm doing is hilarious. And so I enjoy it. And so like that, if people are questioning, oh, does he think this is funny? Like, yeah. And, um, and that's why I do it. So that's, that's why I do, you know, do anything I do because nice. I enjoy it. So yeah, there you hopefully go. that nice. lust that's for a great life, motto for life. Yeah, just enjoy yeah. what you do and then you won't go wrong. I, unless you're doing racist shit, then don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do don't that. Do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, just do any, do something else. Do something else, else you enjoy, please. please. Yes. Take up like knitting or or like canasta. Candle or making like is Just a, don't good, be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I got. This was the this was by far the most in depth I've gone for an interview. So thank you for letting me ramble. It was a lot of fun. Very interesting. Very very interesting. Yeah. Cool stuff. I mean, you guys let me talk. That's cool. Yeah, man. And you can let us know how you made those pants later. <laughs> I can tell you they are from Target, probably. Um, I've since switched to buying a bunch of stuff from this site called ASOS, A-S-O-S, which is a British company. That's where I got this shirt from. Very, very cool site. Um, nice. But spoiler, they're not indestructible. They have, uh, they've gone porous. through some wear and tear they're since very destructible. that video. They've got like, <laughs> I, I've gone into making pizza and I, they've got some uh, olive oil stains on them. So yeah. not indestructible. Pizza aftermath. Yes. Uh, <laughs> battle scars from the bread making <laughs> realm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really cool well, uh, getting to talk to you guys. Um, yeah. Even though I feel like I, yeah, I did, a lot of the, did a lot of the heavy lifting, I think. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, please feel free to come back anytime. Yeah. Sorry I didn't have, I mean, I got to be honest with the wizard stuff. I kind of keep that to myself. If I've got an idea, I don't just dole it out like uh like you know hard candies at grandma's house for anybody with a wizard yeah. type question. <laughs> you, Touché. Yeah, you're asking for butterscotch. I'm I'm on a take five level here. Yeah, nice. <laughs> we'll have to get it slowly in tidbits over time. Yeah. I can, I mean, if you want to, if you ever want to ask for a hot take that I could do, that I would prepare for, you know. Um, wizard, yeah. wizard style. Um, yeah, For but sure. shout out to you guys. Honestly, that's the, the. I don't think 
Like I, I described my issues with things getting out there in the vapor space. And uh, I think you're the best, honestly, example of people working to get things out there. Um, nice. So, Thanks, man. You, the reason why Thank I you. talk so long with you guys is because I, 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 I vibe with your, your ethical mm-hmm. stance on sharing media. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot that goes into planning these podcasts, and really though, there's does a reason. It? Pony, it, there is. There's a there's a lot of mental, like intricate, working things out. Like, how is this going to go? Are we like, meaning what at twelve? Saying one. Yeah. <laughs> what do, what like, time is it going to be? Is, is well, how we have, we're I mean, approaching like, this no, on the thumb, you guys have on the way pulse more going of than, than I give what's going on. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people here too. Yeah, yeah, it's such yeah. a hey, such 20. a concentrated, uh, concerted effort. That's all I was going to say. Man, we're working on it. Pony? No, that's... Awesome. That's it. You hit, hit the nail on the head. Cool. Well, guys, have a great day ahead. You yeah, will. so hungry. And eat it up. <laughs> eat up <laughs> the too. knowledge. I will. Go I'm going to go knowledge. eat a book, just like I preach. Eat that book. Okay, great. <laughs> no, you cut out a little bit. I'm gonna go. No, I like, I'm gonna go. What I said. Yeah, I'm it. gonna eat a book. I said. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> cool. Damn, I'm hungry. All right. Until okay. next time. I'm like that level of hungry where you Later. sweat. You know. <laughs> where you just. All right. You should go take care of that. Yeah. You should, like, oh, yeah. I think I'm gonna die. Uh, the body got, like starts got, sweating because it tries to tell you like something's wrong. Are you okay? You're not eating. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna tell you in the you best got, way. Uh, I'm gonna sweat. <laughs> Good luck with everything ahead. Yeah. Today. You have a lot to do. <laughs> That's what I told you. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, right. All right. Peace out. All right, later everybody. Later.
not kid ourselves. We pay higher prices at the check stand. Our employers make less, so they're not able to pay us as much. We pay higher taxes to help the unemployed. But most important, our standard of living suffers because American business is finding it difficult to compete with foreign companies. The only way our companies can compete and win in a world market is shoplifting and employee theft. Think about it. No one really knows. It's up to us. We're the only ones that can shoplift. With crime on the rise, the customer and the employee must be shoplifters. Do it for fun. Stealing. Do it for fun. Stealing. Anyone can be a shoplifter with the knowledge to effectively shoplift. Stealing. During the busiest shopping time. Stealing. for fun.